Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, this morning I want to take a minute before we pray for the sick and I want to answer uh, three questions that you may have about healing. And, uh, of course, they're, they're popular questions that are often asked about healing. And then I'm going to ask you a question. And then I want you to be able to answer that question. And I'm going to ask you uh, that question. You know, in the book of Luke, Jesus comes out of the wilderness with being tempted of the devil for 40 days. And uh, as he comes out of the wilderness, uh, he comes into uh, Nazareth. And as he comes into Nazareth, he walks into the synagogue. And as he is there, it is his day to read the scripture. And uh, I don't know if you've heard this passage preached very many times, but um, the way that they would run the synagogue in those days, that those that spoke in the ascent synagogue were those who were, uh, had to be rabbis, first of all. But second of all, everything that was read in the synagogue had been planned. It was all planned out throughout the year. All the priests read certain things on certain days. It was all planned. Uh, There was nothing that was random. They were particular about the ritualism. They were particular about ceremony. Jesus walks into the synagogue. It's his day to read. And uh, he gets up and he opens the scrolls and he begins to say, he begins to say, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I said, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captive and recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have loved to have been there that morning or that day because Jesus got up and read a prophecy about himself. And the Bible says he closed the book and he handed it back to the rabbis and the scribes and he said these words. He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven so that they that persecuted the prophets were also before you. And Jesus went on to say that this scripture is fulfilled today within your healing, within your hearing. In other words, Jesus became the embodiment. In other words, will the real Jesus stand up? And on that day, the real Jesus stood up. And he showed himself to the world. He showed himself to those that he was the prophecy of which he had read. If you look over in the book of Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verses 23 and 24, I'm going to read to you this morning. You know, healing can be a difficult subject to understand. I'm fumbling my words this morning. Can be a difficult subject to understand because we still have sickness in this world. And it's hard to understand the place that sickness has in our lives because we still have sick friends. We still have family that is sick. And many of us that sit in here, we've lost family to sickness. Is that not right? And so we know that sickness is part of this world, 
and we also know that it's a difficult subject to talk about when we talk about the healing and Jesus being our healer. In Matthew chapter 4, and beginning in verse 23, it said, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses. I said healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. Then his fame went out throughout Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, say all the sick people, who were afflicted with various diseases and tormented, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. I said, and he healed them. And his fame went out through all of Jerusalem. And so it said he healed all kinds of sicknesses and diseases that were among the people. It says that he healed all the sick, not just some, but all the sick. He healed them. And so the first question that some may have this morning is, does Jesus still heal today? (laughs) Does he still heal today? And the question is, yes, he does. He does heal today. Now, because the Bible tells us this, because God is not restricted by time, but we understand him and know him in time, the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, some of us know that he is a healer today because there's some of you that are in this building that God has healed you. And has touched you this morning. You know what the healing power of the Holy Spirit is. Some of you have experienced it yourself. And you've seen people healed and touched by God. And so if Jesus heals today, the question is, why do I still get sick? If Jesus heals today, why do I still get sick? In the book of Psalms 103, verses 1 through 3, the word of the Lord says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Say benefits. It goes on to list the benefits of the Lord that is mentioned here in Psalms 103, and it says, He forgives all of our iniquities, and he heals all of our diseases. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Let us forget not his benefits in the fact that he forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Now that's in the Bible. I said that's in the Bible. And, it's, and, and it seems odd here that... Um, you, you see here, he says that he forgives our iniquities and he heals all our diseases. I said he forgives all of our iniquities and he heals all of our diseases. So in this scripture, you have two things. You have the fact that Jesus forgives. How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus and that he forgives? God forgives. And it says he also heals. All our diseases. Now, isn't it odd that 
See, it's easy for us to forget, uh, to, it's easy for us to believe he forgives all of our iniquities. That's the easy part. Because we, it's easy for us to believe that Jesus saves. Because Jesus does save. But what we struggle with is the fact that Jesus heals all our diseases. And what you see here in this passage of scriptures, what you see here is you see these two ideas together. Forgiveness and healing together. But here's the thing. We easily can accept forgiveness, but we struggle when it comes to the fact that Jesus heals. Are you with me this morning? These two ideas are not just here in Psalms 103, but there's something that they're, 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 they're in many passages of scripture throughout the Bible, that these two are connected, that forgiveness of sin and iniquity and the healing is together in Scripture. Let me just take a moment and show you this morning, Isaiah 33, 24. You don't have to turn there, but all the inhabitants will say, I am sick. I will not say, I am sick. All the inhabitants will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquities. Here again, another verse with the fact that the people say, I am not sick, and that he forgave all my iniquities. Y'all with me? Isaiah 53, 5 says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Is that not what it says? Am I right about it? And so healing and forgiveness in the same verse. Healing and forgiveness. Now I want you to take note. He said, he said, he said, by his stripes, Isaiah said, we are healed. Right? That's what the scripture says. We are healed. And that word is a present tense word. In other words, we are healed. Present tense. We are healed, Isaiah is saying. All right, hang with me. We see this also quoted in the New Testament in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. He also quotes Isaiah 53, who himself bore our sin... In his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes were healed. You're hearing me? Peter said this. He said he bore our sins, but he also bore our sicknesses. Again, in the New Testament, in the same scripture, you have forgiveness and you have healing in the same passages of Scripture. Now I want you to see this. In Isaiah, he says, we are healed. That's present tense. In the book of 1 Peter, he says, you were healed. Okay, hang with me for a second. If this podium is the cross, Isaiah's on this side, and he says, we are healed. Looking to the cross. Right? Present tense. We are healed. Peter's on this side of the cross looking back and says, we were healed by the blood of Jesus. Now stay with me. 
Forgiveness and sin is in the same passage of Scripture. I'm not finished. Hang with me. Don't leave me. (laughs) He bore our sin. Isaiah 53, 4 says this, that surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him strictly smitten by God and afflicted. You with me? Look what it says. Surely he bore our griefs. Now that word griefs there is is translated 24 times. 20 times it it is mentioned or translated sickness, disease, or sick. In other words, you say, oh, preacher, you're just grabbing something and making griefs. No, it's translated 20 out of 24 times as sickness, sick, or disease. The other four times it's translated as grief-stricken. Now, how many know grief can make you sick? How many know you need to be healed from grieving? And so 24 times. So he says this, that we are bore, he bore, surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, and we esteemed him strictly smitten by God. Now, when we begin to look at that, we begin to look in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 8, hang with me, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16 and 17, this is the New Testament quotation of Isaiah 53, 4 that I just read you, that he bore our grief. Here in Matthew chapter 8 and beginning in verse 16, when evening had come, they brought him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. Whoo, that's good. You know how you deal with demons today? The word. <laughs> and healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Right? We know that he's referring to that passage. Isaiah 53, 4. I hope you're still with me. I hope I ain't lost you. I'm not a teacher. I'm trying to teach. I'm not a teacher. I'm ready to just explode up here. But I, I got to calm down. till I get to where I need to go. <laughs> that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah saying, He himself took our infirmities. He took our infirmities. And he bore our sicknesses. Y'all see it? He's quoting the prophet Isaiah. He bore our grief. He bore our sicknesses. He healed our iniquities. And what we see is, and showing us his, is that he bore our sin. He bore our sicknesses. And, and here we have a passage of Scripture that, that, that in both the New and the Old Testament tells us that forgiveness and healing and the healing come from the same place. Now I'm going to show you how much more related they are than what you really know. Because we have faith to believe that Jesus saves. Matter of fact, you got saved by faith. Is that not right? You came to Christ by faith, believing by faith, and by grace. How many know it was grace that saved you? You didn't earn it, 
but grace saved you. Whew. How many are thankful for grace? Where would you be without grace this morning? How many are thankful for grace this morning? Where would you be without grace this morning? And so stay with me. Hang with me. I want you to see something here. So he bore our sickness and he bore our sins. Now, here's the thing. So if the question is, why do we still get sick if Jesus is a healer? We have to ask the same question, why do you still sin? <laughs> oh, come on now. Now, if he has bore our sins and we've been forgiven of our sins, right? How many know the cross was a complete work? Jesus rose from the dead. Come on, we got saved. He lives inside of us. But we still sin, do we not? Is there anybody in here besides my wife that does not sin? <laughs> right? We all sin. Now, I don't practice sin. Because I don't want to give you a liberty to say that you can go do whatever you want. That's another message for another day. But I still have a sin nature. And because I have a sin nature, there will be days that I trespass. There will be days that I transgress. There will be days that I give in to the iniquities that are in my life. Right? But we don't say Jesus doesn't forgive just because we still sin. Right? And neither do we say Jesus cannot heal just because we have people that are sick. Are you with me? Why do we have some? Because we live in a sin-filled, sick-filled, fallen world. Right? But there's a new world that's coming where there is no sin and there is no sickness. <laughs> Hang with me. That day's coming when there will be no more tears, where there will be no more sin. Where there will be no fighting of the flesh, but we will be resurrected, resurrected bodies, new, healed, never to feel pain and anguish again, but to have a new body and a new nature and to be with Christ. Woo! That's good news. Now he bore our sins and he bore our sicknesses. We don't go around saying we don't sin no more. And so we have to understand that sickness is a part of life because we live in a sin-sick world. Now let, let me explain it to you better this way. He bore our sins. The blood of Jesus took away what? The penalty of sin. Is that not right? He took away the penalty of sin. In other words, he was made sin for us and the penalty of sin was put upon him. He bore your sin. He also gave us the power to overcome sin. Are you with me? In other words, I have been saved, right? I have been saved. I am now being saved. Hang with me, right? Because sanctification is the process by which God continues to work in your life to make you Christ-like. You are continually being saved. You're continually being more like Christ. 
Come on, somebody. Say, I'm not, I'm not what I used to be. But tomorrow, I'm going to be better than I was. Why? Because he's, we are being saved. We're being sanctified. And there's a day he has taken the penalty of sin away. He has given us the power to overcome sin. But then he bore our sins so that we could have the presence of God someday, which says that one day we will be present from sin. In other words, we will be with him. And to be with him is to see him. And to see him as he is, we shall ever be changed, delivered from the presence of sin. (laughs) Now that's hope, right? In other words, as the Bible would say it, he was, he is, and he is to come, as John said it. You all with me? Also, with our sicknesses, he has paid the penalty of our sickness, right? Did he not bear our iniquities and our sins and wounds on the cross of Jesus that we might be healed? So he bore the penalty of sin. He also gave us the power to be healed. Come on, I wish y'all with me. I was ready to shout this morning. Because he has delivered us from the power of sickness, from the power of sin. But just because some people are sick doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't have the power to overcome sickness in our life. Why? Because he paid the penalty for it. And then one day, we will, be, we will uh, escape the presence of sickness even in our midst. Woo! Hey! Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Come on. I want that to sink into you. Because what we say is we we don't have any problem believing that Jesus touches those and saves them, but we struggle with healing. We struggle with the healing power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible said he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. That's what it said in Psalms 107. In other words, the more I know of the word, the more the word works in me. The more I know of the word, the more of the power of the word works in me to overcome sin and also to deliver me from all the things that bring destruction to my life. Whoo! Now, let me say this. God never puts sickness on people for punishment. Listen to me. Y'all got some bad theology. Just like you got some bad dope one day. (laughs) Jesus never punishes us. Sickness that is on us is never a punishment from God. And if you live in that mindset, somebody has told you a lie. I'm here to tell you it's Jesus' desire that all men live in the freedom that comes from being healed and made whole in Christ Jesus. That's God's desire. 
I said, that's God's desire. You say, well, prove it in the Bible. I knew you were going to ask me that. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, he said, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. (laughs) Come on, somebody get happy about that. I could punish you. But he said, I took all of the diseases and I have not let them to be upon, I do not put them on you. For I'm a God who heals. I am your healing God. And so we talk about why is there still sickness? The second question you're asking me is how do I receive my healing? How do I receive healing in my life? In other words, if if Jesus is willing to heal and he wants to heal, how do I receive that healing? If it's connected to forgiveness, as many scriptures say that it is, how do I receive my healing like I receive my salvation? How is it that that comes about? Well, how did you receive forgiveness of sin? Right? If they're in the same scripture several times, then the principle must be the same. How did you receive forgiveness? By grace. Is that not what it says? I'm fumbling words, so I don't have no idea what I've told you earlier. But Ephesians 2.8 says, By grace, we are saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. My pants keep wanting to fall down. I'm sorry, y'all. I know some of you are going like, why does he keep pulling his pants up? I'm sorry. just My belt's not tight enough. Because I'm being healed. By grace, we're saved. Now, by grace, through faith. Listen, listen to me. By grace, through faith. That works. Not grace through faith of my works. But when I receive grace with my faith, that's the kind of faith that works. Woo! (laughs) Somebody tweet that. That's good. That's tweetable. God's grace, not faith, not of my works. So healing, instead of receiving, in other words, we, you receive healing by the same way you receive salvation, by grace, through faith, not of yourself, not of anything you can boast about, but healing comes by the grace of God. Now here's the lie. The lie says that people are healed By their faith. Hmm. In other words, it's their faith that heals them. In other words, there are those who think that their faith is the measure by which they deserve healing. No. Healing comes on your life because of the grace of God. His mercy. Now for those who proclaim that God does not heal today... 
I don't know if you're here, part of the crowd. You may not believe in healing, and you may not believe that God heals today. Well, I can tell you, I got a church full of people that can stand up and tell you that God heals today. Come on now. You've been healed. I want you to stand up. If God has supernaturally healed you, I want you to stand up. Come on. Now, did you have more faith than he did? Is that why you got healed? Did you have more faith? No. You were healed by the grace of God and only by the grace of God. All my doubters, hang with me. So why would God forgive all the way through the Bible in those scriptures we read, but he would not heal all the way through the Bible? Are you telling me that only half that passage is true? Come on, hang with me this morning. Why would God heal one part of the Bible, but then stop healing? Why would he do that? Did he stop forgiving? Did he stop forgiving when the apostles died out? That's what you're saying. You're saying that if the gift of healing and healing died out with the apostles and is not for today, then you must also, according to the scriptures we read, forgiveness is not available today either. Come on. Y'all with me? I'm not meddling. This is Bible. This is the Bible. This ain't my. This is the Bible. This is what the Bible says. Is this not what the Bible says? If God healed yesterday, God will heal today. And if God heals today, he will heal tomorrow also. Why? Because he's a healing God. He's a God that bore our sin. And he also bore our sicknesses this morning. Woo! And then the extreme can says, well, you got to have enough faith. I want to tell you, that's the most condemnation thing you could ever put on somebody. Actually, that's flat out cruel. Help me, Jesus. And now the third question. What if I'm not healed? What if I don't get my healing? What if I haven't gotten my physical healing yet? What if my family members have not got their healing? This is all I can say. And I'm going to give you a scripture. All I can say is, you have to lift your hands to the Lord and say, I'm going to still trust God. (laughs) I'm still going to trust God. I'm still going to trust God. You say, well, I need a scripture for that. I'm glad you asked. You all have good questions this morning. Paul said it like this in Philippians 1.20. Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. What's the apostle Paul saying? Jesus will be lifted up regardless of what my physical condition is. He still will be lifted up and glorified. 
You may not get your healing today. I'm not doubting. I'm believing you are. But I'm saying if you don't, you still have to lift your hands and say, God, I'm still going to trust you. Woo! Trust God for healing. No matter what happens. And we have to because we live in a fallen world. And we've not been delivered yet from the presence of sin and of the presence of sickness, but it's coming. Maybe sooner than what we think. Now this is where I wanted to get to this morning. I'm right on time today, y'all. Y'all be proud of me. I'm right on time. Now I have a question for you. You've had questions for me. Now I've got a question for you. Turn with me to the book of John chapter 5. Woo! I don't want all my doubters. He's a healer. He's a healer. I said he's a healer. The book of John chapter 5, for sake of time, I'm not going to read through all of it, but I'm going to read through a portion of it, and then I'm going to uh, illustrate the rest of it to you. That's dangerous. Chapter 5, the book of John. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which in the Hebrew, called in the Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Now, some believe that that was built to protect those from the sun. Five porches, Bethesda, verse 4, or verse 3. These, there, in these laid a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water, and then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease they had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. Now the word infirmity, the word infirmity means weakness. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Now I want you to see this response of this man. He said, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am, while I am coming, another steps down in before me. And Jesus said to him, Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, and took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath day. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Now, the story goes like this. The man picks up his bed and walk, and he's confronted by the Pharisees, who confronts him about carrying his bed on the Sabbath day. 
And the, and the, the Pharisee says, who told you that you could carry your bed on the Sabbath day? And he said, the man who healed me, the man that delivered me, is the one that told me I could carry my bed. And they said, well, who is this man? He said, I do not know who he is. And the Bible said later while he was in the temple, Jesus came up to him and said, seeing that thou is whole now, go and sin no more. And the man ran and told the Pharisees that the one that healed me was this man named Jesus. Now hang with me. Verse 16 tells us, it shows us how how far religion can dive into despair. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus. They persecuted him for healing a man and sought to kill him for healing a man because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Listen to how ridiculous this is. He heals a man on the Sabbath and religious people want to kill him. Is that not crazy? Now, here's the thing. The man carrying the bed did not break the Sabbath. But the, but the Pharisees accused him of breaking the Sabbath. You know why? Because the Sabbath says that you're not to work on the Sabbath. It didn't say you can't carry something on the Sabbath. So what happened? The religious people took it to a, so far that they restricted even the, the, the premier moving of God in every situation. And I believe the reason why we don't see more healings and more deliverances in the church is because there are some religious people <laughs> who has problems with the fact that when somebody gets healed, when somebody gets healed, it changes the nature of the very thing that religion tries to control. <laughs> Come on now, y'all help me. Because when somebody gets saved, they dance a little more. When somebody gets healed, they're a little more freer. And we can't have people getting saved and healed because we've got to control the environment so that we have complete control of what take, goes, takes place in the house of God. But I'm here to tell you, there's coming a day when the church will allow Jesus to heal and to forgive. You and I will never be the same. Ha <laughs> ha. Hallelujah. Y'all getting me stirred up. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm close. I only got four minutes. Then I'm going to have Adam come. Listen. I read something this week, and I don't know if it's true or not, because it comes from a Bible scholar. I believe the porch, I believe there's a, this is a picture of the church. This, this porch. And... believe this is a picture of the church. 
that we should be a house of mercy, we should be a house of grace, we should be a house that loves those who are broken, those who are hurting. We should be a house that should be a place where mercy is found to those and not a place of judgment and not a place of criticism. Now the Bible said, the man told Jesus, he said, when the angel would stir the waters, I had no man to put me in. In other words, he, he didn't answer. Listen, Jesus said, this is the question he said, do you want to be made whole? And the man deflected that question to an excuse. And he said, the reason I'm not whole is because I have no man to put me in the water when the angel stirs the water. He gives Jesus this excuse of why he is not whole. Now, the Bible said an angel would come and stir the waters. Now, I, I'm gonna, I was reading a commentary this week by Dr. Erdman. This is what he says of this passage. He says, it is tradition. Josephus have written about it. Early church fathers have written about it. That the stirring of the waters had not always been there by the pool of Bethesda. Matter of fact, the stirring of the waters did not begin to happen until after the birth of Jesus. And the stirring of the waters only came during the time of Passover. He, he suggested that the reason there was the stirring of the waters was because at Passover, from the time that Jesus was born, he was always in Jerusalem. And by his presence, stirred the healing waters. Y'all, I could run around this church right now. In other words, when Jesus got to Jerusalem, then the waters began to stir because the presence of the one who heals was now in the vicinity. Woo! What's that tell you? That tells you that when Jesus shows up, no matter where he is, the waters of forgiveness and healing can be stirred up. So what's that tell us this morning? That if Jesus is here, and if his presence is here, that means that healing waters can be stirred up this morning. Oh my Lord, Jesus, help me. Are y'all, y'all hear that? Do y'all hear that? I said in the presence of Jesus, there is healing. In the presence of Jesus, men can be made whole. Woo! Ah! Woo! Man, that's good stuff. That's just really good stuff. In other words, the man says, the reason I'm not healed is because it's not my fault. Let me tell you what the cry of society is. It's not my fault. Someone else made me like this. Someone else is responsible for my situation. I believe, but let me tell you why I'm different. Let me tell you why my healing situation is different. All Jesus asked was the question, do you want to be made whole? 
Adam, would you come? All right, I'm going to close with this. Jesus asked the question, which I'm asking you, do you want to be made whole? Now, he never told Jesus yes. He gave him an excuse. And then he complains about the fact that he was never by the waters close enough to be healed. Well, my question to this man is, If you're not close to the waters to be healed, and you've been lame for 38 years, and if you've been lame there, and three times a year during the feast, the water is stirred to be healed, but yet you're in the same place you've always been, you've never moved toward the water, what does that tell me? It tells me that, number one, he's blaming somebody else for the reason why he's in his situation. And the reason why a lot of people don't get healed is because you like to hold on to the fact that you can blame somebody else for not being healed mentally, for not being held spiritually, for not being healthy, and even physically. <laughs> I, don't know if I, got, I don't know if this crowd likes me this morning. I don't know. But I'm here to tell you. That the reason why some people like to remain where they are is because it gives them an excuse to hold on to their sickness, to hold on to their bitterness, to hold on to their unforgiveness, to hold on to the situation that they're in. Why? Because if they get healed, it means they no longer get the attention that they always got from being wounded. <laughs> oh, my and Jesus just said, I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy put forth no effort in his healing. And many of us lay around and we be, we're sick. And that's, listen, I'm not talking about, I have to be careful because people will get offended even at me telling this. But if I'm that man, I'm just telling you, if I'm that man and I'm lame and the pool is over there, y'all hear me? I got arms. You know what I'm doing?
There I'm on. So we have people that come that want benevolence, and that's fine. We, we need to help everybody we can help. That's what we are. We're a church. I mean, you know, I mean. But here's what I've learned. Some people will come, and you'll help them, and that's fine. But then they return, and they come, and they want help for the same thing. And they've really not learned a lesson from the first time that they've gotten help. Now, listen, you're going to say, think, I'm mean. I'm not mean. I'm just telling you. We go through things. Why do we go through things? Even sicknesses sometimes teach us something. God doesn't put it on us, but we can learn from it, right? So people will come, and then the second time they come, we'll say something like this. We'll say, hey, we understand you have a need. We want to help you. Are you willing to take a finance You're a good man. Thank you. So, what Jesus was saying, do you want to be made whole? What he's saying is, are you going to make an effort? Are you going to make the step? Are you going to make the choice? Stand with me this morning, if you would. That all messed me up. You know, it's funny, somebody told me that in Israel on the Sabbath day, you can't ride the elevator. They turn all the elevators off on the Sabbath day because they looked at the fact if you push the elevator button, you're working. But they'll make you walk the steps. That's not work. <laughs> I mean, a big guy like me? Come on, man. You don't make walking steps will be an effort for me. That's more than work. <laughs> Here's what he was trying to get that man to do is to step out of his religious experience. Because his experience, he didn't know he was talking to God in the flesh. He was talking to God in the flesh. Jesus heals. We're going to close with this last story, then we're going to pray. Hallelujah. The book of Mark, chapter 1, Jesus is sitting, a leper comes up to him and says, Are you willing? Are you willing to heal me? The Bible said that when he was talking, it said, And Jesus reached out his arms and touched the man. He was a leper. And touched him. 
Now, that was a no-no according to the law. But the translation is not that he touched him. The translation is that he didn't just touch him. Here's the translation in the Greek. It means he embraced him. In other words, Jesus hugged him. He was a leper. In the Old Testament, the unclean would touch the clean, and the clean would become unclean. But in the New Testament, the unclean touches the clean, and the unclean becomes clean. (laughs) Do we not have a better covenant? And Jesus said this. He said, I'm willing. But don't miss this phrase. It said, and Jesus was moved with compassion. You know why Jesus heals? Because he loves people. And he desires to heal. He desires to heal this morning. He desires to heal you this morning. He desires to heal you this morning. Now, I'm going to ask. It's 15 minutes to 12. And I'm going to ask you not leave until 12. But give us time to get praying with folks. And if you need to leave, you can. But at this initial stage, let's, let's, let's intercede for those that need healing. Let's intercede for them. We're here for them today. We're healed that God will touch them today. God will heal them because them coming forth is making an effort to find their healing. Them coming forth is making an effort. They're saying, I don't want to remain in the same place. I want to get closer to where the water is stirred. I want to get closer to Jesus where I can be healed. And if you are here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to know Jesus, first of all. Because first of all, before he bore our sicknesses, he bore our sin. (laughs) And if you're here this morning and you're not saved, you better get saved. Because this thing's going to wrap up soon. And if you're going to be left behind after the rapture, I got a whole teaching on it I'll give to you. So you can have it when we're all raptured out of here. At least you can have some instruction about what's getting ready to happen. But it's God's will that no man be left behind. If you don't know Christ this morning, you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to invite you to come today. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to play all them games now. Close your eyes, hold your hand, squeeze your neighbor. If you're not saved, squeeze your neighbor's hand back. Take your neighbor, bring them down here, drag them down here. Whether they want to come, no, 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 no. It's eternity we're talking about this morning. And I know some preachers don't like to say it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's either heaven or it's hell. That's the bottom line. We're talking eternity. Where are you going to spend the rest of your life? Or your afterlife anyway. So if you want to get saved and give your life to Jesus, I just want you to make your way out of where you are and come down. Let us pray for you. There's no pressure. Nobody's judging. Everybody's made that walk. I've made that walk. Anybody want to get saved this morning? Anybody want to give their life to Christ? Anybody want to make a fresh start? Anybody want to say, I've been away from God. I want to get back to God. Come on. Come come join the club, man. It's fun. It's fun being saved. Come on. Get a hold of Jesus. It's not easy. I know it's not easy. It ain't easy. I got the bite. Sheep bite. Sheep bite. I got the bruises. Listen. It's not easy. But we're not living for this world. We're living for the world to come. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody? 
Step out of where you are. We got people that will pray for you. Anybody want to receive Christ? Anybody? Come on. Holy Spirit's dealing with you. Just lift your hand up. Just step out of where you are. Come on. Hallelujah. All right. If you've come this morning and you need healing in your body, I want you to come down to this altar this morning. Step out of where you are. I want you to line up down here in the front. Ushers, I need you to help me. Guys, I need you to help me. If you need healing, if you need a miracle, you need a miracle in your finances, your marriage, whatever you need, wherever you need healing, whatever you need healing for, I want you to... Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.